the Canadian government outlining plans to get Canadians out of Israel and potentially Gaza, although that is extremely complicated. It's sheer chaos right now. So uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questions that people are trying to get answers to. And uh, it's going to be a difficult job in the coming days for sure. See if we can get some help from Kobe Michael, who is the former Deputy Director General of Israeli Strategic Affairs Ministry and a senior researcher at the Institute for National Security Studies in Tel Aviv. Uh, Kobe, thank you so much for being here this morning. I do appreciate your time. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, um, the Israeli response, uh, of course, as we see, continues. Um, it's It's been unrelenting uh, for the past three days. Um, the expectation, of course, is it will only escalate. Tens of thousands of troops are amassed along the border uh, with Gaza. Um, what do you think the future of Gaza is at this point? Ultimately, what's the aim of the Israeli military here? Will Gaza survive when this is over? Um, I think that the aim uh, is uh, is pretty clear. Uh, the aim is the, the strategic aim is uh, actually to destroy, to annihilate all the military capacities of Hamas uh, as a terror military, uh, and um, and um, to assure that Hamas will not be able to threaten Israeli Israel militarily uh, in the same future. Um, in order to do that, uh, we have uh, to um, to work very aggressively and in a very determined manner all across uh, the, the Gaza Strip. Uh, and due to the fact that uh, Hamas, in a very cynical manner, uh, uses the um, civilians uh, and uh, civilian uh, facilities uh, and infrastructure as um, uh, military bases and for military purposes, we have no other choice but to destroy all of these buildings, all of these facilities. And this is what we are doing now. Uh, but uh, this is only the first phase. I assume that the second phase will be the ground forces that will have to go into the Gaza Strip and to deal with the metro of Gaza Strip, which means all the all the um, the net of the the tunnels underground. Uh, we are talking about uh, hundreds of kilometers of uh, tunnels and all the leadership of Hamas and all the militants of Hamas and all the all, a lot of equipment of Hamas. Uh, is uh, is there in the in the underground uh, tunnels, and we will have to reach them, and uh, we will have to destroy all the tunnels, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, the price for the Gazans, for the Palestinians who live in Gaza, will be a very high price, and we will have to pay a price as well. Um, I think you're, uh, you're right. I mean, uh, the, the the goal of uh, the Israeli operation here, of course, is the destruction of Hamas. That makes sense. I'm wondering, as someone who's been around this for a very long time, what do you think the goal of Hamas was? That's what I can't wrap my head around. They had to know the response would be catastrophic and probably their very existence would be uh, debatable yes. after this. What was yes. the aim? There's no game here. Yes, this is the one million dollar question, and actually I was uh, troubled uh, with uh, this question since uh, Saturday, uh, the morning hours. And I have a thesis, um, I still don't have uh, the hard evidence in order to support this thesis, but I think that uh, it has uh, uh, very good um, or reasonable, um, I would say, uh, basis. And I would say that uh, Hamas wouldn't have dared to uh, launch such an operation, taking into consideration the very high price tag of such an operation, 
without having a sort of a guarantee or an insurance policy that was given uh, by a player or by an actor who is able to provide such an insurance policy. And the only player that can provide such an insurance policy is Iran. Uh, I believe that the insurance policy said that um, Hamas will launch the operation and uh, if the Israeli retaliation will be too aggressive then uh, or Hamas will be under a very severe danger then uh, uh, Iran uh, through Hezbollah and uh, its other proxies will open uh, additional fronts against Israel. I do believe that Hamas believed that the operation will be such a large scale operation and uh, it will cause um, such uh, casualties in the Israeli side that the Israeli retaliation will be so aggressive that the Iranians will be forced to open all the other fronts as well and in the very same time in addition to the Iranian fronts which means uh, Hezbollah from Lebanon and the uh, the Shiite militias in uh, Syria and West Iraq and the Houthis in Yemen um, the other fronts uh, in the in the first in the first circle, which means East Jerusalem, the West Bank, and the domestic arena in Israel, the Arab citizens of Israel will be opened as well. And this will be actually the, 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 the ripest moment to collapse the state of Israel. Uh, I believe that this, uh, this is uh, what was in uh, Hamas mind. Uh, we have to understand that such, a, such an operation is not an operation that can be uh, realized in a very, uh, you know, spontaneous manner. This is an operation that needs an envelope in the scale of a state. Uh, I do not believe that Hamas is capable to provide the technological, the intelligence uh, envelope for such an operation uh, by itself. And I have, uh, <coughs> I think, um, uh, good reasons to believe that uh, that Iran was behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think that even some of the trainings towards the operation were held uh, outside the Gazan soil in Lebanon or in Iran or even in Malaysia, places that uh, militants of uh, Hamas, uh, terrorists of Hamas, used. To, to train um, in, uh, in the past. Uh, you're, you're certainly not the only one saying there's Iranian involvement here in, in some way for sure. We're waiting for you know hard evidence to back up those claims, but uh, you make a very good case, and it, it's a terrifying case. Uh, you, you're talking about what could become uh, a massive, massive conflict that would extend far beyond Israel, I would think. Um, uh, how, I mean, nobody can be certain as to where this might go, but escalation, you seem to think that's almost a certainty. Yes, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that um, actually what we saw at, uh, at the end point of, uh, of this operation, when, uh, when the terrorists of Hamas uh, reached to the victims themselves, okay, um, this was a demonstration of upgraded Daesh, upgraded ISIS, okay? 
I mean, the atrocities cannot be even described. Uh, and the numbers are still uh, are still uh, not uh, uh, finally known. No. I think that the numbers will be much more than 1,200, okay? <clears throat> and um, I think that this is a demonstration of brutality, of uh, barbarian um, uh, behavior that, um, at least in my dictionary, there are no words that can describe it. But here we have to understand that this is not a private story of Israel, Israel and Hamas. Here we are talking about the clash of civilization. Here we are talking about the clash between the barbarians and the civilized people of the world. We are talking about the clash between the extremist, radical, violent uh, Islamists, okay, led by uh, Iran, uh, and um, the, the Western civilization, uh, the free world. And Israel, um, fortunately or unfortunately, Israel is the last fourth of the Western world. This is something that must be understood. If Israel will not be here, all of these barbarians will be in Europe, in America, in Australia, in every place in the Western world. We are the last barrier in front of them. And therefore, this is not only our business. Therefore, this is the business of the Western civilization, of the Western, of the free world. And the, all the free world should support Israel. Israel can do the work. Israel can defeat Hamas, and Israel will defeat eventually Hamas, and Israel will defeat Hezbollah as well. And we will be with the upper hand. We began with a, from a very problematic point with a huge, from a huge crisis, but at the end of the day, we are going to be with the upper hand. Hamas is going to be defeated militarily, okay? But the world, the Western world, the Western civilization, the free world should be there together with Israel. Yeah, I, think most, I think most governments are at this point. Um, Kobe, unfortunately, I'm out of time, but thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.